their offensive line, nicknamed the Hogs by line coach Joe Bugle, began to control the tempo of the game with a play called 50 Gut. Joe Jacoby and Russ Grimm, the two Hogs that time with the big blocks. John Riggins, the diesel getting warm. Drag up that diesel. Oh, um, um, um. Let's go diesel. Um. Good afternoon and welcome to another 50 Gut Blog Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Paul Williams, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Corey Gasway and Cliff and Guafong. Fellas, what's going on? Same old, same old, man. Just, you know, <laughs> taking, in, yeah. taking in another, what seems like our fan base is in a state of panic. So, What a way to kick off 2017 Redskins football. <laughs> It's it's always chaos, man. We can never it can never just be easy, you know, non non controversial. It's we're a weekend in the fan base. It seems like we're about to turn on each other already. <laughs> After one game, one game. <laughs> well, I mean, the fan base is kind of divided right now over a certain quarterback, but uh, you know, we'll get to that as the podcast progresses, but. Let's go ahead and talk about the loss on Sunday, a thirty to seventeen L to Philadelphia. Uh, Redskins never really seemed like they were in control of the game. They took a lead late in the first half on a great play by Chris Thompson. Uh, seemed that they might have some momentum going to the fourth quarter, but uh, you know, threw that pick towards the goal line to uh, Jalen Mills, and after <sighs> that, it, it never really seemed like the Redskins had a handle on the game. So. We're going to go ahead and talk about each positioning group. We'll give our thoughts on each and give them a grade. I'm going to go ahead and start with the offensive line. They, uh, I don't know, Hogs 2.0, they might need to send that back to beta because they, <laughs> I, 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 that might be beta version. I know we mentioned before the season that Philly had a really great defensive front. That they, we thought they were getting problems, but never in my wildest dreams that I think they would dominate the front like they did. Uh, I'm gonna throw it to you guys and let me give your thoughts. Well, see, I don't see. I, I, I look at this a little differently. I saw two players in particular that seemed to have the right side of the O line was terrible. Terrible. They were terrible. Terrible. Moses in like, particular. I, Mo, Sheriff too. They gave him nine pressures. Well, let's not just say the right. We'll, we'll say the inside guy on the left as well was absolutely pathetic. So, I mean. I don't want to bang on you guys. I know he's your boy. All right, God. I know you guys are big fans of him. Damn, you don't call him by his government name no more, just the right guard? (laughs) (laughs) There should be no game where he's getting dominated like that. None. Your top five pick. I've never seen Trent get whooped like that. Ever. And we also know Brandon Sheriff is not Trent Williams. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Trust me. I hear you. That's fine and well. I'm not even asking to beat Trent Williams. I'm asking you not to get dominated. Agreed. I thought you were a run blocker. We can't run behind you? We not according. Based on Sunday, it doesn't look like we can. Can't pass protect. Nope. All the pressure, the majority of pressures were coming, especially uh, from that were the pressures that were directly from their D-line. A lot of those were coming right over those two. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it seemed like every time – there was a obvious passing situation. You saw either Nigel Bradham or um, Hicks walking up to the A gap, 
and they were doing some sort of stunt, and we we looked completely baffled. We looked completely unprepared for what they might throw at us. Numerous occasions on Sunday, Luval was on his ass along with Sheriff and Moses. <laughs> you guys know I'm the biggest Moses fan on this podcast, but I, I, I don't know what Sunday's performance was. That was just pathetic. Well, they Not said he was true. playing with a hurt ankle, but, I mean, that's really no excuse. I mean, you're, you're a $50 million right tackle. Just you're, got paid. You just got paid. And I'm, I, I don't think he's having some sort of malaise where you get paid and you start playing lazy. I just think he got dominated by I, a better player. I mean, Brandon Graham has been a standout at defensive end, and he just had no answers. I think no, it's so entirely so. possible he had an injured ankle, right? But the problem is that wasn't in the injury report. So if, you're, if, you're in, if you're injured, why are you playing? We yeah. have a good tackle backing him up in tie and second. Like, exactly. Don't, don't exactly. use that as an excuse. That's, I don't want to hear. Gonna, you went against Brandon Graham, you had no chance the majority yeah, of the game. So uh, they were not good. I don't really want to run, – the running game stuff, I know people make a big deal about the running game. There are going to be some weeks where you don't, you shouldn't be running the ball because you can't. We should be and used to that, though. <laughs> your advantage is through passing. I want to ask you. I want to ask you guys. People only complain about running the ball when you lose. Mm-hmm. I've never heard someone complain about. If you have ten carries for eighteen yards and you are clearly moving the ball passing, why would you run? I think people forgot that Gruden does not run the ball well anyway since he's been here. It even goes back to Cincinnati. He uses the short passing game to set up the run. And the I'm perfectly not fine working. with that. Yeah, that's okay. But, oh, man, frustration. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. And this is kind of um, something that I had thought about through the summer and through training camp. And after seeing the way they couldn't run the ball against Philadelphia, maybe it's worth bringing up. Do you think this run game needs a complete overhaul? And I, I don't mean just the players. I mean the scheme. Since Green got here, they've been in this power running game with pulling guards and pulling tackles and just straight man-on-man power. The run game was a lot more effective with Shanahan when you ran a zone-based game. And I think the personnel is better suited to a more zone-based running attack. You think that's I hear you. it's worth uh, – I hear maybe, you, but is it, didn't Gruden change the run scheme when he got here? We only did the zone scheme his first year. He didn't want to do it. He's not a zone coach. Well, He, prefer, he prefers the power scheme. But, guys, do we have a running back besides Chris Thompson? Have we had a back since, he got, since Gruden got here? No. I mean, uh, Alfred Morris clearly wasn't his guy. I mean, and that, that's fair. I mean, I think Alfred I, Morris was limited physically. I, I think that there are – we don't have a lead back in that sense. So we aren't going to be a t- – we don't have a running back who we can give the ball to 20, 25 times. We just don't have it. Well, we can't say we don't know. We don't know that about P. Ryan yet, but clearly. Well, well sure, sure. We don't know that about P. Ryan. But we had, we, we had games last year in the past where maybe one guy has 75 yards, the other Definitely. guy has 50. Definitely. We just don't have that bell cow. We don't have it. So they're going to be games like this. And we knew we weren't running the ball versus the Eagles. What are you talking about? We knew we weren't going to be able to run the ball. We just didn't think the performance would be that pathetic up front. Right. Uh, I mean, you saw on Sunday, as soon as a back had a chance to hit a crease, the hole closed up just right as soon as it opened up. There was nowhere from the run. And – our backs aren't really great at creating. I know that, you know, last year Rob Kelly had a very high ranking as far as making the first guy miss, but when the second guy is right behind him, I mean, what can you really do? Well, when the first guy is one <laughs> yard in the backfield. Right, and the, and the second guy is, <laughs> is, is on his heels. <laughs> where are you going to go? I don't know. Ground. I, I, I second was, and ten. I was really let down by 
the performance by the running backs and by the offensive line. I think that Chris Thompson had a really good game, but he usually does. I mean, he's the most talented of the running back group, clearly, in my opinion. Uh, but the running backs had nowhere to go. I don't think P. Ryan even had an offensive snap. Rob I, did, had, I didn't see him. Nope. Not one. Not one offensive snap. And that's fine. I think we kind of thought that he would come in right away and have an immediate impact, especially as a fourth-round pick. But you have to remember, at Oklahoma, they ran an offense that was completely wide open. He was running through lanes that were just big enough for any running back to get through. Now you're in the NFL and you're going against a very, very good defensive Look, front. His 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 teammate at Oklahoma, he doesn't start either. Mixon. <laughs> Mixon's the third string right now. That, that he is. That he is. Look, my thing is we knew we weren't gonna be able to run the ball. Um But we still had an opportunity to get the win. In terms of pass protection, that's very good for a seven. Like this idea that it's supposed to be a clean pocket. We saw multiple teams this weekend who couldn't pass protect. All right? Like, you're going to the top defensive line. You're going to have problems in pass protection. Like, that's just a matter of fact. I think the more concerning thing should be they blitzed a lot. Well, we're going to see that every week. That and was the formula. We you just on- gave, the, like, everyone's blitzing us all week. I mean, yeah. every Sunday. That's what we're going to be facing. We mentioned that in the last podcast. We said if you were Philadelphia, you would blitz the doors off Kirk, and that's what they came here and did. They, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me to support this, but I would be willing to bet they blitz on at least every other snap. Uh, I believe it was something like <laughs> I think he was pressured on forty six dropbacks. Hold on, me. I got this. Uh, I I think the bigger thing is so what. Like, I, like <laughs> I see quarterbacks playing under pressure regularly. You know how you make them stop blitzing you? Hurt them one time. They're not going to do it as often. That's the whole league. Like, there's not that many teams that can actually just line up four guys and tell them to get the quarterback. You're going to deal with blitzes. That's not an excuse. That's not an excuse for the O-line or the quarterback, in my opinion. Agreed. Well put. All right. So, with that said, let's – We've covered the running backs a little bit. We've covered the O-line. Let's move to the wide receivers. Uh, Rough day for them as well. Terrell Pryor uh, had six catches for 62 yards, but had a couple crucial drops. He seemed to have lost the ball in that first play of the game. I know it was an overthrow, but he he even admitted that he lost the ball in the Sunday. He even said that he didn't think the ball was coming to him, which, (laughs) I I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it probably seems like they had that play schemed up since, like, Thursday. So he said, wait, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you're telling me he said the first play that we ran of the game, he didn't anticipate the ball coming to him? He didn't anticipate the ball coming to him. And when he realized the ball was coming, he said that he heard it in the crowd noise that the ball was coming to him. And he looked up and he lost it in the sun. Which it doesn't I, matter. Aren't the, first 15, aren't the first 15 plays scripted for offense? Scripted. Not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody does Well, it. I mean, maybe not everybody, but I'm pretty sure they practiced that all week. And someone told Pryor, there's a chance you might get this bomb. But it doesn't matter because the ball was nowhere near him. He could have found it. What would it have mattered? You're right about that. Agreed. He probably would have hurt himself diving for it. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> anyway. Hey, I'm, like, I'm not even I'm letting him off the hook. Him, but, yeah. I'm not going to let him another, off the hook. Another bad drop on a play that would have been reversed anyway on a Jordan Reed holding call. Um, yeah, oh God. That, that was such a – it would have been a perfect play. He, he dropped a touchdown. Dropped a yep. touchdown. And also dropped the play, uh, pass – coming out of the end zone on first and 10 from their own one-yard line, which would have – your it's all of a sudden it's not first and 10 from with 99 to go. It's first and 10 with 80 to go, and maybe you get something going. 
that kind of just killed that drive. It really maybe did. you you would have helped your quarterback who wasn't having the best of the best day. So uh, right, yeah. But, Jameson yeah, Crowder but, had a yeah. uh, had a pretty quiet day. He only had oh, a no. handful See, of catches. And Crowder should have had a huge game. Yeah, he should have. Right, he was missed. Is there any reason I, he was he was he missed or was he not targeted? Oh no, he was targeted. Okay. Oh well, the passes were intended for him. Like we heard the P, uh, P, <laughs> the announcer <laughs> say, "Look, um, obviously Crowder fumbled that punt." which is something we, that we never see from him. Yeah. Right. Very I think the character. bigger problem on Sunday was that everyone was playing like crap on offense. And yep. no one made a play. Not one. Besides the Chris Thompson play, Chris Thompson made the only play from our offense. Because that was a – I mean, that was awful tackling, but that was a great run after the catch by him. Other than that, no one. No one. Our quarterback wasn't, struck, wasn't playing well. Not a huh. single receiver made a, made a play for him. <laughs> So, like, that goes both ways, right? Did he play well? No. Did the receivers make a play for him when he no. needed them? No. They, he, they didn't. Well, I mean, Jameson Crowder wanted to make a play for him, but you're throwing the ball to him like he's six feet six. Right. Well, six feet six, yeah, in terms of width, that ball was nowhere near him. <sighs> like, you watch that interception, how you cannot be completely disgusted by the interception because the ball is nowhere near him. Not even close. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get the cousins. We'll get the cousins. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, see, I, I wasn't really to... talking about cousins sure. there. Like, Crowder had a really quiet game on offense, but I think he was missed. There were a couple of times where he was open. And, uh. Well, he can't throw it to himself, Cliff. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, there's not much to say about that. Anybody seen Josh Doxson? Was he even in uniform? In the words of Drew Rosenhaus, next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, we saw him in warm-ups. That's where we saw him. I don't know if I buy the, the narrative that he needs to earn it in practice. I mean, I mean, you pretty much put him in a bubble wrap after he hurt his hamstring in practice. You held him out of every preseason game moving forward. And then when you expect to see him in week one versus Philly, a team that was deprived of all their cornerback assets and even lost Ronald Darby to a nasty ankle injury mid with Early the second quarter, yep. he couldn't even get a target. Nope. What's going on? Don't know. Wish I had an answer. Don't know. I think they have a lot of confidence. I think, like our fan base, you know what's weird? Our fan base all summer retweeting every single Terrell Pryor video. And I think it's easy to forget that Pryor's not been playing receiver that long. Oh, you mean when Pryor was trending like he's Megatron? In yeah, July. like he just hasn't played receiver that long. I said that, I think, on our first podcast. You can't be acting like Terrell Pryor's just going to walk in here and catch 120 passes. 2,000 yards. To me, I have a hard time believing Dawson is not our best receiver. So the fact that he doesn't play, and when he did play, I mean, a lot of that stuff was garbage time, fourth quarter when the game was over, and then when he was on the field besides then, he wasn't even targeted. I only remember seeing him on the field in the two-minute drill, and I'm surprised Gruden put him on the field then. Like, here, look, kid, here's two minutes. I look, at that, I look at that one play, that screen that they threw to Grant where Grant should have scored. And we should we got to talk about Ryan because Ryan Grant did not have a bad game on Sunday. No, I was I was but, just gonna say on this podcast and pretty much everywhere Redskins fans yeah. share their thoughts. He had a good game on Sunday, a really good game. He had a decent game. He yeah. should have scored on that screen. He should have. I guess he had a good game. game. Crowder scores on that screen. Right, like that, like right, right, like right. Uh, he should have scored on that play. I think if you, I if you look at this, if you look at the still shots of that screenplay as it was developing, like right as. The ball is leaving Cousins' hands. You see Trent kicking out the cornerback on that side. And you see, oh, God, just like maybe three Yo, or four offensive linemen 
pulling, pulling, for you. pulling you out. were sitting and, and right behind it because they it was the perfect play call because you called him it was. In, in a blitz where it was three or four Redskins blocking one man and 75 yards of nothing but green grass ahead of experience. And he knows we were sitting in the perfect area to watch that play. We watched it develop. And right from snap, it looked like a touchdown. I don't know. I forget who was in front of Crowder at receiver position blocking for him, but he clearly he just read the block wrong. I mean, nice pickup, nice game, yeah. but he read the block wrong. That's a touchdown. Like from snap, it, it, it that was, was Trent. Like six. I, well, was it was Trent kicking out on that play? Yeah, Trent kicked out. That was Trent on the kickout. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, no, it was perfect. Perfect play call for what they see. You know, I like. I know a lot of people get on mm. play calling. That was a kickout. You can't tell them like there were, were plays drawn up for touchdowns on Sunday. Um, period. With Bruton's scheme, Cliff. I don't think we scored a touchdown on any play that was drawn up for that. That play to Chris Thompson, we should have scored a touchdown on that. There were he did that. people around him. <laughs> great play, like, great play, great play uh, by Chris, man. But great there were probably four or five plays that should have been touchdowns. The offensive coordinator gave you the play. This play is six. No one made a play for us on Sunday on offense. No one. No one, and we were still we still should have won the game. Still should have won the game. That's something that I've I, I've kind of lost in all this, is that no matter how bad they played, and they did play bad, but you still had a chance to win the game with two minutes left, down five. You should have been winning, right? Right. Like if we're being real, we should have been up. Yep. And we weren't for reasons we're probably about to get into, and you were terrible. The off the funny thing about the offense is when you think about it, this is how the offense looked in the last two home games of last season. Sure did. Can't run the ball. Quarterback's making no plays. Except last year, at least we had Deshaun and Pierre, so we could be like, well. We got a shot. <laughs> yeah. But we don't have those two this time. We just don't have them. Our tight end has a fractured big toe. Well, he wasn't targeted. Early, early and often in the game anyway. So even even with the big toe, it's not like the quarterback yeah. went after him. Right. Let's talk about the tight ends real quick. That's, I mean, it's not really much to talk about. Vernon Davis didn't have a catch. No other tight end even. I don't know if Niles Paul played on offense at all. I, nope. I didn't see him. Don't recall seeing him. I don't think Sprink- Sprinkle wasn't even active. Jordan Reed, I mean, a handful of catches. There's one thing I will say about Jordan Reed. And this isn't really a reflection on him. It's more of a reflection on scheme. On the play that Pryor dropped the touchdown, that was a Jordan Reed holding call. Who in blazes thought it was a good idea to have Jordan Reed one-on-one with Brandon Graham? I, I would love to know. Question. I'd love to know. Under no circumstances is Jordan Reed blocking Brandon Graham. Jo- Jordan Reed is a Listen, lot of I, things. He's a lot of things. You guys know what I say. He's a great receiver. He is a top-shelf route runner. He is the prototypical split-out tight end that every NFL team covets. He's not a blocker. I don't nope. care what you say. I don't care how much weight he put on. I don't care how much he works on it. I don't want him blocking anybody, especially not Brandon Graham. Why? Yeah. After yeah. Graham had just been abusing Moses. Right. Oh, he was abusing well, our, our $50 million right tackle. Who it would take him longer to get there with re-blocking him, I guess. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I watched the replay game. I mean, he, he really held him. He grabbed the shit out of him. Why put him in that situation, Coach? Where's Vernon Davis? Where's Niles Paul at? But I mean, I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be down on Gruden's scheme too much because I think he called a good game. He did. He did call a good game. He did. I mean, some of the, the plays were there. Schemes were a little questionable because, I mean, you're sending five guys out in, in patterns almost every pass play. 
knowing that they're sending the blitz. And Paul, I, get you know, the ball out of your Cousins, damn hands. Cousins is showing that he's not really responding well to the pressure. You got to keep a guy in, and maybe not Jordan Reed, like somebody who actually blocks. Listen, I wasn't <laughs> going to bring it up. I wasn't going to bring up paychecks <laughs> because I don't think that's relevant when talking about Cousins' performance to bring up how much he's making, how much he's asking for. I don't know how. I don't know why that's whether that's relevant when in terms of how he plays. But we cannot be out here deviating from our game plan when this team has no corners on the field because you can't get the ball out of your hand. We left you open people. Crowder, it's open. There's always someone open. It is your job to beat the blitz. At some point, the quarterback's responsibility, he knows who the extra guy is. You beat him. Well, I mean, when you're getting paid, like you said, you don't want to talk about paychecks, but and I'm not bashing Kirk, but you're paid – as an elite quarterback, you're expected to make those plays. I need you to beat some of these blitzes with a throw. You're, you're supposed to read that. Because they're not going to stop blitzing. They're not going to stop blitzing because we go max protection. Huh. They're going to stop blitzing when you hit one on them. We hit. We didn't hit on None shit. of them. None of Nothing. them. Nothing. Nothing. You still were in the game, fourth quarter. You're driving for a touchdown. You were inside the 10. You could have kicked the field goal. Field goal would have given us the lead, right? Give us the – absolutely. You threw a pick – we go through this time and time again with this guy, man. I, I guess I've already moved on to Kirk. We, sorry, Paul. All right, that's, not... that's fine. Let, let, let's, <laughs> so... let's, we told ourselves we would save Kirk for the end because that's obviously what we wanted to talk about. We're not really. Yeah, I guess it's we're hard not really to talk about the, the receivers the and tight ends of, about of, assigning yeah. blame. But let's be real. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it's only his fault and his fault alone because it was a team loss. But he did a lot of things on Sunday that, I, if I'm being frank, it, it just confirmed a lot of my worst fears about him. Because I think that, to quote one of our good friends, Henrik Palmer, people get convenient amnesia, just forget about things, just to make a convenient little argument to themselves. Nine months without well, seeing he, him. He does it when, it, when it comes to Kirk, too, by the way. Wait a second. You're, you're bringing up Kirk Stan? What's up, Rick? <laughs> 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 We're quoting I, a Kirk Stan. Hey. I, I, <laughs> Nine months between the Giants game and the Philly game this past Sunday, and you kind of just kind of talk yourself into maybe believing that he's better than he is, and you go out there, yep. and he is just like immediately, like, oh yeah, I forgot he sucks. I forgot he sucks. <laughs> um, I don't even know how to follow that up, Paul, because I agree, it, it it just hurts. No, I think what annoys me is I still see the same. Dumb-ass things I saw that guy do at Michigan State, man. Anytime it's time to actually, when you actually need him to make plays, he turns it over. Yep. That Dallas game last year at home, that is one of the most inexplicable picks, given that game situation, that you are going to see in an NFL game by a quarterback who isn't complete garbage on site. If Scott Tolsey made the play Cousins made in that Cowboys game, I just said, okay, it's Scott Tolsey. We were leading. Would have ended the game. You threw a pick in the end zone. There was no reason to be making that throw. It's not even that he, it's not even that he doesn't make the play. It's just the fact he's in the red zone. What are you doing? We have an opportunity to still take the lead. You don't have to throw it. Take the sack. Throw it away. You're taking points off the board, man. 
You're and I just can't trust QBs like that. It's, it's, man. I think my bigger issue is like, it'd be one thing if, because I mean, obviously there's some QBs I like who turn the ball over, but I also see them make plays. When you are making no plays and you're taking points off the board, no, I can't, I can't be with that. I can't be with it. Giants game, the interception he threw at the end of the game. I mean, forget the Maurice Harris one, which was just like, come on, man. I think it was first down when he threw the interception. Sure was. Sure was. It definitely was. I I remember it vividly. I remember. Where is your brain at, man? (sighs) But either way, you you know what makes me the most mad about the cousin situation? And this has nothing to do with Kirk. I mean, maybe it does a little bit. It's just turning on the radio on Monday morning and Tuesday morning or whatever and just hearing the talking heads on 106.7 The Fan or 980, I mean, it, it makes me hate him. It makes me hate Kurt. It makes me resent him because you have these guys that put their capes on extra tight. You can hear the, the capes flapping in the breeze of the Superman. Captain save a Kurt. And, and say, oh, well, the offensive line needs to block. No shit they need to block. But Kurt also needs to deliver the balls. You know what $24 million quarterbacks do? Stand tall in the pocket and, and win games. They don't, they don't throw off their back foot. They don't throw the ball three feet over a five foot eight wide receiver's head with a game in the balance. They they just don't do it. They don't Preach. do it. And, and I I know that Grant Paulson is captain save a Kurt, but he had him on his little eleven o'clock a.m. Monday morning QB show on his show, and he kind of goaded him into saying, "Well, yeah, the offensive line could have blocked a little better. Yeah, yeah, they could have blocked better. They could have played better. Like I said, it was a team loss." But Kirk needs to stand in front of the mic and say, you know what, I, I didn't do a good job. I let the team down today. Because he knows, I think the team knows, the coaches know, everybody knows that if Kirk would have done his thing on Sunday, they could have won that game. That's a W. Absolutely. Would have, they would have won. They would have won. Easily, I feel like. Handedly. He was one of the worst QBs that, like, considering some of the, like, if we eliminated the guys who we know should not be under center, like the Tom Savages, the Tolzins. He was one of the worst QBs this weekend. Absolutely. Most definitely. He was terrible. Uh, Kevin Sheehan had to come out and say, he, the, the first thing he said on Monday morning was bring him the contract. They should have paid him. I'm like, are you fucking serious, guy? Are you Are serious? Because you know what? I'm going to make an analogy. There's been times in my past in Morgantown and Towson and D.C. where I've woke up on a Sunday morning next to some girl and I might say, hey, that was a good-ass lay. But you know what? <laughs> oh, you, my but, goodness. But, but you know what? I'm damn sure glad I didn't put a ring on that. You motherfuckers are talking about giving this man the bag, but he can't even beat Philly under the best of circumstances. Are you serious? Agreed. No, because this is part of their excuse now. The excuse is going to be that his poor play is because the franchise has no trust in him. Well, he's going to say, well, that's what the Kirk stands are saying. The that's where it's going. The organization isn't showing that they, they believe in him. So he's thinking about it as he throws interceptions left and right. That's the excuse that I hear constantly. Well, you know what, Kirk? If you keep playing like shit, you're not going to get the bag, and you're not going to have a job either. Well, see, I mean, if we're just talking purely football, right? My issue, my, one of my biggest issues with Kirk is that he seems so terrified of getting hit. Terrified, Cliff. And I think of all the games where he's really played poorly, it's been games where he had to deal with pressure 
mm-hmm. early on. It completely messes him up. Um, that playoff game versus the Packers, he was garbage for probably three quarters of the game because of pressure. So then there were plays where there was no pressure. Kirk is throwing off his back foot. He's throwing balls high. Every pass he's thrown since preseason, everything is high. So what's the excuse for the Crowder play? Because there was not pressure on that play. No, the Crowder play, there was pressure. It wasn't pressure to the point where he should be throwing off his back foot. Exactly, exactly. That's, uh, dude, that is a touchdown play. You need to either stand in there and take this hit or turn off, like when you're making your throw, turn away, make the throw. Done. But you know there's six on the line. I don't even want to bring up the last QB we had here. But you know one thing I can never say about the last QB that was here? Hitting him did not phase him. He may have stunk in his own way, but hitting Griffin never phased Griffin. I'll give him that. He definitely stood in there and took some hits. <laughs> you didn't even need to square up and make a great throw to Crowder on that play. He was wide open. He was going to moonwalk into the end zone if you just hit him. It's, just un- it's, just inex- it's a inexcusable. You're on the... 10-yard line, it's third and six. Just deliver the throw. It's not a hard throw, even for you. It wasn't a hard throw. Really, he was just irresponsible with the ball. That was irresponsible. I understand you felt you couldn't make it. Allow your kicker to come on the field and give your team the lead. Instead, you throw off your back foot. And the ball floats, and, well, we know the result. Errant. The ball was just errant. It was nowhere near him. At least give guys a chance, man. You know what's going to happen? Because it's already happening with me. Is, I mean, talk about losing faith. It's okay for, like, us doing this podcast or fans on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever to say we don't like Kirk Cousins. But how long is it going to be before his teammates are like, we just can't trust this guy? We can't trust him. Well, you're going to need a few more of these before you can get there. Hey, we might get one on Sunday. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to tell you right now. If he's terrible on Sunday, and now you're going into Sunday night football versus the Raiders, hey. <laughs> you're staring at open three. Yep. With Chiefs a Monday night game with the Chiefs on deck. Huh? Monday night. We don't even want to talk about what that scenario is. Nope. Because you can't even bench him. You can't. No. Absolutely not. He's Especially playing 16 games this year. Yeah. Unless he gets hurt, he's playing all 16 games yeah. this season. There's no, there's no, there's You're no making $24 two ways million. Dollars. There's no two no, ways about it. He needs to play better. Plain and simple. I don't he, think he's going to play. I really – I'd be if he plays this poorly next Sunday, then we got big problems on our hands. Well, I'll tell you one thing. The Rams are going to bring the house because Wade Phillips is their defensive coordinator, so you best believe the dogs will be loose after Kirk Cousins on Sunday. i tell you that. Yeah. All right, so we've we've <laughs> we've reached our maximum Kirk bashing limit for the day. So before, <laughs> but, <laughs> before we move on to the defense, I, I said that we would grade each position. We forgot to do that, so let's go back and grade each position. Uh, what would you guys rate the offensive line for Sunday? The whole offense gets a D. Every position. I think well. it's fair. I think it's fair. <laughs> I mean, well, okay. 
If we're going to do it as a unit, I would definitely say D. If you're going to do it as you're going to separate position by position, I don't know. I know Trent Williams didn't have his greatest game, but I'm not going to say he had a D-level performance. He did get beat a couple times, but he was one of the few bright spots outside of Chris Thompson. I mean, Trent still played well. Right. I mean, if we're giving individual grades, I, w- I would probably say, you know, Chris Thompson deserves like a, like a B plus, B. Because yeah. I was going to give Rob I mean, Kelly sh- sh- as, as far as Sheriff, <laughs> I think Sheriff, Sheriff actually had a, a, a not too terrible game. I think I would give him a C. I mean, it's average. But, you, you know, like, like, like Moses, Cousins. <laughs> God, I mean, Fs. Just Fs. Just unacceptable. Unacceptable. Luval, F+. plus From every single aspect of being a pro football player in a week one, you just look unprepared. You looked like, I mean, they just, they had your heart. They came out, it's it just like every single play. It's like Moses didn't want to block nobody. Cousins was afraid to get hit. This is the NFL, man. You you know the rules. You know what you signed up for. You, you got to play. And, and what I saw on Sunday was unacceptable. Just not good enough. Pathetic. Not All good around. enough on Sunday. Not good enough in any other game this we're going to have to play this year. Just not See, good enough. My, my thing is, Obviously, all these other positions didn't play well. You aren't beating anyone with your quarterback playing like that. Nope. No one. You will beat no one with QB play like that. And again, it's not. I don't think it's Kirk bashing. Cliff, I'm just trying to back you up right here. It's not Kirk bashing. We're just asking him to make a simple make – a, make a play. Make the simple pass to Crowder. Make the simple decision. Make the right decision. Make this the, the right back, This is the most backhanded compliment I can give Kirk. I am not the biggest Kirk fan. I know you're better than that. Yes. That's something we can all agree on. I mean, because we, we've seen it. We've seen like, it. Like, I know you're better than that. We know that you're better than what you're showing. And nothing would make me happier than to come on this podcast and be like, you know what? Kirk played great. Like, like Absolutely. I, I, I'm not a Kirk fan either. And I, I feel bad talking about him like he's a dog. But, he, I mean, he, he has talent. He has some capabilities. I want him to play well because I want my team to do well. It's Absolutely. Just not, it's just not good enough. Yeah. All right, so let's let's focus the defense now. Let's. Jonathan Allen, uh, he actually had a really high PFF grade this week. I think he was in the 80s, which was like one of the top three or four players on the team. Ionitis had a sack. Stacey McGee got his hand on that ball that led to that first touchdown, the Kerrigan pick six. Mm-hmm. Uh, McLean actually had a good play. He upended Wendell Small, one on a sweep. Like, he kind of like jetted in there and – Made a decent play. As a unit, they played okay. I, the, they didn't get gashed by the run like I thought they might. Uh, uh, no, solid performance by them, I'd say. Defense played well enough to win the game. We came into the season expecting the defense to be eh, a little bit improved. We thought the defense would be the unit that would hold the team back. The defense is the unit that kept the team in the game on Sunday. Who would have mm-hmm. thought that? <laughs> Who would have yeah. thought that? I mean, that pick six – we don't get that pick six. I don't think we're ever in that game. We had a pick six. Shout out to Ryan. Hey, he's good for one every like every other season. He's always good for one. I honestly don't think we ever would have been in that game if not for that pick six. Nah, because down thirteen was, nothing. Yeah, and it seems like just like here it comes here it comes Monday Night Massacre Part Two. It's, it's just mm-hmm. like it feels on its way, and you get that pick six, mm-hmm. and it was kind of it was kind of like yeah. okay, the offense looks like garbage, but at least you have a shot. Uh, defense was decent. They were on third down again. Again. Yeah. Uh, 
even there was even that third and twenty one probably could have been converted if Jeffrey came down with it, especially the third and long. Like, they were bad, but they scored a touchdown, and they actually didn't look like the worst defense in the league like they were last year. So what more can I ask for? I I have no complaints with the defense, man. I mean, we can nitpick. We can talk about the third downs. Of course, they didn't get off the field a few times. It's Hopefully, that's something that improves. But as far as Sunday's game, they're the reason why we had a chance to be in the game. I'm going to keep saying that. No one would have said that going into this game. Right. That this Look, defense. <laughs> the, the offense only put up 10 points. 10 points? Hey, I said they'd struggle. I did say they'd struggle. I, I hate to be that guy that toots his own horn, but I did say, come on this podcast last week and say, I said it was 1913. And if it wasn't for that late touchdown, the, the the phantom fumble call, it would have I would have been pretty much dead on. I mean, they scored ten points. I didn't anticipate a pick six, but yeah, uh, defensive line. I thought the defensive line was they were adequate. I could, uh, obviously, it would have been nice if Allen had made that that, that sack with that long once touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, couple guys missed once on that play. Preston, Preston, Preston missed. I think Allen, I think Allen missed him too. So yeah, hell of a game by Preston. Had a hell of a game. I was just gonna say, I think. The, as a unit, the linebackers had the best game out of anybody on Sunday. I mean, Zach Brown was literally everywhere. 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 I mean, yeah. on, on every single seven-step drop that, that Wentz took, Zach Brown was in the backfield. Either flushing him, getting his hand in his face. He, I think he had 14 tackles, something ridiculous like that. Mason Foster recovered that fumble um, on, on the uh, bot screen, on the bot uh, swing pass. Mm-hmm. Preston Zach, had a Zach good Brown's game. Speed. Preston Hasbeth had a good game. Zach Brown's speed was apparent. Yes, it was. Very apparent. Was. That's going to help us, man. Let's not forget the play of Rashad Breland. I mean, the one, that the, the kid that everybody was bashing this offseason. Breland played well. Let's not were good. Breland played well. Breland. Norman played well. Hey, shout out to Kendall Fuller, man. Yes, sir. Played great. Yeah. Yes, he did. Uh, my, only, my only knock on the corners was I think Wentz gave them about three or four balls to pick off. Yeah. Obviously, none of them are right in their hands, you know, like right to you. I remember that the first play of the game, that, that ball to Torrey Smith. Gorman uh, almost had him. Yeah, almost had that. We had a couple of those. But, yeah, the corners were good. I don't think the safeties were that good, though. Yeah, Everett did have his best game, I will say that. But, I mean, he didn't make any plays where I would say it truly cost us the game, I'll say that. That long bomb that they threw to Nelson Aguilar, that's just – I mean, you got to give Wentz his credit. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to attack uh, Everett. I don't want to like nitpick too much because they, as a unit, the defense played well. There's one play that stood out in my mind from Everett on Sunday, and it was kind of on him. It, do you remember that one play where Zach Brown blitz, Wentz flushed out and did a reverse pivot to his yep. to the left hand side and yep. hit Ertz down the sideline for like a 23 yeah. yard play. Everett hesitated when the ball snapped. Yeah, Everett. Ha- I think Everett actually was. Got sucked too far into he thought that once uh, I'm sorry that Ertz was gonna block. Yep. Ertz actually like snuck out, did a little wheel up the sideline, and he was just out of position. Wentz was rolling to his side, and it was just an easy little flick of the wrist for him to make that little pass. And that was kind of a critical point of the game because at that point you're only down two. I think it was 19 to 17 at that point. It was right after the pick. It was right after the pick. So you're only down two points. Get off the field there. You have five minutes down. To, to drive the length of the field and maybe score a touchdown and get a field goal or something. But that kind of put them out in midfield, and then they're like, okay, well, now they're moving the ball. They get a field goal. Now you can't get a field goal. Now you need a touchdown. 
And with the way the offense was moving on Sunday, you know that we're going to get you. They weren't going to get seven. It just wasn't going to no. happen. That's why that that play, that fumble, that terrible fumble call. It's like whatever, man. We weren't yeah. scoring a touchdown. Yep. No nope. kidding. Nope. We had our we had our chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter, and we blew it. We blew it. Like it's that simple. Swear and to make a tackle too on that on that first touchdown. You got to make a tackle. Because, Definitely, he does. Because Aguilar was not – he was running backwards. I mean, he was – that was an easy tackle for him. I think he's probably pissed himself for not making that tackle because that's a tackle that he makes not nine times out of ten. He probably makes that 99 times out of 100. Most sure. cases, Swearinger's going to make that play just like Everett. That's a learning experience for Everett. That's his first start. We got to remember that. I think, obviously, the bar is much lower for our defense based on what we've seen the last couple of years, so – Absolutely. I can't, I can't complain too much about the defense, man. They scored a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> right? They, they kept us in the game. They scored one. They kept us in the game. They gave us a touchdown when we were down 13 nothing and not doing anything on offense. I can't complain. Our nope. offense gave away a touchdown. And the Eagles had a touchdown on that, that phantom fumble at the end. Like, if you told me before the game that we would hold them to 22 points, to 19 to 22 points, who would have complained? And, and, the, and the defense, yes, thank you, Cliff. And the defense gives you seven? <laughs> like, how many that. games did we have like that last year? Yeah, no complaints I, for me. I mean, you're, you're down 13 at the end. I think at the end of the first quarter was 13 nothing, right? Or did they yeah. score in the second quarter? Yep. No, it was in the first quarter because they missed that extra point. 13 right. nothing. So, I mean, between the phantom fumble – and end of the first quarter, and that 43-minute span, I mean, the defense only gave up nine points. They balled on Sunday, man. Yeah. I mean, they played well. I mean, I had no complaints. No complaints. I mean, they got a touchdown on a – I mean, a, a play that you need to make in the backfield, especially versus Wentz. You know Wentz is going to extend the play and use the athletic ability to, you know, make that play, like, last longer than it should. You got to make the play in the backfield. But they got a Definitely. touchdown on – they got a busted play – I mean, the Divas played really good. I mean, I, I can't really say that enough. They played better than I thought they were going to play. And I mean, it's, you, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. It's definitely encouraging. They gave you a very good chance to win the game. <laughs> they did. As, I think that's probably why I'm not – I mean, I'm not saying our 10, top 15 now, but they're showing signs of life. You need to be able to get off the field or make some plays. We had a turnover. We had six. <laughs> we put the – Divas put the first points on the board, looking at the quarterback trying to get the cobwebs out of his brain. But, hey, man, no complaints with the defense again. I, I, I think we're making some good steps. We're moving forward in the right direction, I think. Any comments on the um, coaching from Sunday? I know uh, we talked about Jay Gruden's play calling. Uh, any other complaints or compliments? Dotson should have played. Dotson should have played. Yeah, outside of Dotson, no. I just, we needed someone who could make a play, especially mm-hmm. as the game went on. I guess I guess if you look at sort of the game flow of the game, uh, we were we did have a couple good drives back to back, but we kind of bunched them together at one point. Again, though, it's fourth quarter in their red zone. You got no points. Well, I, you're hoping. I think Gruden was hoping. Sorry to cut you off, but I think Gruden was hoping the quarterback was going to make a play. But. I mean, even if you don't make a play, take a field goal. Like, yeah. We just got nothing there. Throwing the ball away is making a play. That's fine. Yeah. Live for another yeah. down. It's hard for me to be that critical 
uh, of Gruden. I know. I, I feel like there were, like I said earlier, there were multiple plays where I felt like we had given you touchdowns hit offense. Yep. You didn't convert any of them. Yep. So. I'm going to keep saying it, man. There's always someone open in Gruden's offense. Yes, we don't run the ball the best, but with this passing attack, there is always someone open. The quarterback needs to make the throw, period. And after the game, he kind of – I think he was pretty angry after the game. And then he had a night to sleep it over. But it was clear he was trying to bite his tongue when they asked him about Kirk. Yep. So, look, he didn't play well. I don't really know how much I can hold the coach accountable for his quarterback missing open receivers. Uh, you would hope that the pass protection will, be, will not be this bad the rest of the year. But I don't blame coaches. No. Like, once the game starts, if you're getting beat for sacks, it's because you are getting beat for sacks. Yep. Coach put the team in position to win, man. He called good plays. We didn't execute. Period. <laughs> yeah. I don't hear nothing. Don't blame. I don't want to hear no blame for Gruden. Gruden called a good game. Gruden can't throw the ball. Yeah, I agree. No excuses. Can we talk about – oh, God. Can we talk about just the lack of home field advantage? For a second, I know on the last pod, I went on my little mini rant about not letting Philly take over the stadium. So, how do you feel about that, Paul? Go ahead, tell them. <laughs> listen, listen, everybody. I know FedEx Field ain't the nicest place in the world. Hell, it might be the worst stadium out of the 32 outside of like Oakland, five. Out, outside of Oakland Coliseum and where the Rams are playing and, and the soccer stadium that the Chargers call home. <laughs> soccer yep. stadium. And I know the wrestlers don't give you a lot to cheer about week to week. And I, I don't think that I'm exaggerating when I'm saying this. It might have been one-to-one, Eagles or Redskins fan. It might be 50-50 split. And just to walk, uh, to, walk, to walk out of my stadium and hear that fucking Fly Eagles Fly song from my seat to the concourse to the parking lot. I mean, and, and you know Philly, they were unsufferable. They weren't mm-hmm. classy about it whatsoever. It, it, it's just a shame. It, it sucks. I, and I know people say, oh, well, D.C. is a transient city. There's so many people here who aren't from here. So you, the state – but you know what? The Caps don't have that problem. The Nets don't have that problem. The Wizards don't really have that problem either. It's ridiculous. The fact that you can let a – like, how a do you – A rival. I, I know you, you – but you know what? Home field advantage matters. Motherfuckers don't go to Green Bay and say – Oh man, maybe the crowd won't be in it. We can get a little. They don't do that anywhere. They don't do it in Seattle. They don't do that in Kansas City. They don't do that anywhere. You don't do it in Pittsburgh. But when you come to DC, you come to Landover, Maryland, and you know that your fans are going to show up because the Redskins fans aren't loyal enough to show up to fucking home games. Hey, the team sucks. Whatever. The team <laughs> has let you down. You haven't had a, a, a Super Bowl in 25 years. Show up for the fucking home game. Support the team. Like it's at least ridiculous. Week one. At least week one. Right. We were surrounded by Eagles fans. Surrounded. Hey. I I know yeah. <laughs> I know I promised I would keep I would keep a cool head. But there were some Eagles fans two rolls behind me that were very, very, very uh disrespectful. <laughs> typical, <laughs> typical Eagles fans, man. Being obnoxious. That's what they do. Just yeah. obnoxious as shit. You but you know, it's not, it's not their fault because you know what? If we were in Philly and we got W, I would be yep. popping shit. I'd be talking exactly. nonstop. It's, and I know Philly's only two hours away. It's a short drive for them to come down here and show up. And I know in the day of 
of online ticket brokering, you, you brokeraging, you can just buy tickets online for you know cheap, and it's not hard or not easy to keep fans of opposing out of your stadium. It's no it, worse it, feeling, man. You, you have to do better. We no as a fan feeling. base have to do better. I don't care how much you, you you despise the owner, how much you hate the quarterback. You're a fan of the team. You show up, and and you just don't allow a visiting team to go one to one with your fans. It's just yeah. ridiculous. It wasn't just a little bit of Eagles fans. It was a whole mess of them. Well, I, I wouldn't say it was one to I know our section was one to one. Where we were sitting was one to one. I don't think the rest of the stadium was necessarily reflective of that, but there were a lot of Eagles fans when we sat. A lot. I feel like there are more Eagles fans sitting there than the Skins fans. At one point I went to the restroom. You know obviously the stalls are all lined up. I looked to my right. I see all green. I'm like, it's probably best if I get the hell out of the room. I don't know what to say because it's just hard. I mean, it's hard to keep opposing fans out of your stadium. But no stadium seems to have a bigger problem like we do. I mean, look at Dallas. Well, Dallas, for example, has 110. Dallas stadiums. has that problem though. I, yeah, they I've definitely they do. Been, but you don't, you, don't, you don't look in the stands when they're playing the Redskins and see. 50% burgundy jerseys. You Not, don't see, see it. Here, here's, here's what's crazy. The only game I've been to was the Monday night game with Colt. There were a lot of Skins fans there. But it's also a lot of Skins fans in Texas, though. We yeah. travel. We're so, out there. Look, there are a lot of Eagles fans around here. Yeah, there are a lot of Giants fans around here. Yeah, it is. We have, what is our stadium seat? 85,000? Well, uh, it was 100 maybe. at one point. You know, uh, Lego, they put up top now. It's probably down to 85. Yeah, for some reason, Danny wanted to make the, the top of the stadium look like fucking Tetris. I have no idea. <laughs> and take away the fans that we've probably lost because of the Ravens over the last over the years. We really don't have a lot of fans here anymore. It doesn't feel like. I remember when I lived in Los Angeles, there were more than a few Skins bars. I ran into Skins fans there all the time, but the fans just took way more pride in being a fan of this team. Here, our fan base is just a little down. We're down. They have, every, but they have every reason to be down. Exactly. So I can't. I don't know. It's hard for me to be that mad. But that it's doesn't little, mean you allow your rival come into FedEx and make it look like the link. Wait, you want me to buy a ticket and knock under the game? You know how expensive these tickets are. Look, it's Philadelphia. That city stinks. So I get why they need to leave that place and come down here on a Sunday. I don't blame yeah, you. Me. Right. You're I'm right about that. that. Look, Congrats, Pittsburgh. Really. Pittsburgh fans, they pack our stadium too. Why? Because their city stinks as well. But it's, it's not even it's not even local fans. I mean, I remember we went to the pub game in 2012. And I'm not saying it was a lot of Seahawks fans. I'm like, where the fuck did y'all come from? I know y'all didn't come from Seattle for this. Like, where are they coming from? Every single time we play on a visiting team, they just invade. It, without <laughs> fail. Definitely the Eagles, definitely the Giants, definitely the Cowboys. And, you know, the Ravens on once every eight years. They invade yeah, too. Sh- sure, but, Paul, but you know who packs their stadium? Like, in the exception of some teams, these are teams that win all the time, right? Like, these are very good teams. The, the Seahawks are a little different because it's clear that Seattle is a city that takes pride in all their pro sports teams. They're, even their MLS team has the best fans, you know, <laughs> that, uh, right. is considered to have the best fans. The Packers fans, who the hell is going to Green Bay? to go see their team play the Packers, really. Um, Kansas City, like, these are teams that have had 
traditions of actually being, well, actually just not being an embarrassment, which is what we've been. So I get it. Oh, man. It also just kind of seemed like there, was not, there wasn't as much buzz regarding this team going into the season. <laughs> I wonder why. So, and then when you play like that, hey, well, there we go. Because I can assure you that Sunday night game when we play the Raiders, they are going to pack that stadium. Oh my God. I can't. It's going to be an embarrassment. They're going to be Raiders <laughs> fans everywhere. They're going to turn section 131 into the black hole. No, they are. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be there faithfully. I know a lot of Raiders fans around here, and they have, we haven't played them here in what, like 12 years? Yep. They're going to be here deep. And they are. So, my thing is, if you want to have all your fans in there, start winning some games, especially at home. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, man. It's going to be a long week in nation's capital. Dude, look how our season ended. Who the hell would have been excited? I, I didn't want to say it, Cliff, but I was going to, like like you said, you mentioned earlier, this past Sunday, this game looked like the way the Giants game ended, the Carolina game ended. Like, we look bad. It's full it full like disappointment. They, Exactly, man. And that hurts. As a fan, that hurts. So you, guys, you guys go to way more games than me. You guys, when's the last time you guys went and tallied up their record in the games you guys have been to over the last five years? Well, <laughs> not just asking as... in general. Like, what do you think their record is over the games you guys have been to over the last five seasons? At home or away? At home. <laughs> not good. Me and Corbin been going to away games. Every year for like seven years now, we've never seen them win the away game. Minus, I, minus Baltimore. Minus Baltimore, but I, that's which we that's, turned oh, that into ninety five. That's not even a away yeah, game. <laughs> exactly. In the car ride back, when we were sitting in traffic. I was actually trying to think of the last time I went to a skin game and they won. It's Jesus. been a while. What's the last W we saw, Paul? Packers. Packers. Yeah, you guys were at that Packers game. I was not at that Packers game. I cannot remember the last home game I went to when they won the game. Yeah, I mean, I understand it's hard because the team doesn't give you a product that wants you to shell out $120 for tickets and another 60 for parking and then $10 for a Bud Light. It's, 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 it's hard, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I just can't help but just think deep down in my heart that if the home field advantage were a little bit better, the team results – I mean, it, 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 just, it couldn't hurt. It couldn't, couldn't possibly hurt. hurt. You want a better home field advantage? Put a better team on the field. Agreed. They'll right. show up then. <laughs> Agreed. I think we can all agree on that. If we started the season seven and three or something, I bet we'd be packed in that stadium for the eleventh that that eleventh home game. Tickets would be sold out. But when's the last time we ever were that? Because <sighs> if you think about our seasons, even the years we make the playoffs, we never start seasons well. Nope. We get hot late. So how can there ever be any buzz? There's never any excitement oh. until December. Well, this has been thoroughly depressing. <laughs> thoroughly depressing. Can't lie. Well, the, the car ride on Sunday was very depressing. So, <sighs> I'm hurting right now, man. But it's a new week, man. It's only one. Week. Not going to get two down. Right. Hopefully, the team will regroup, man. The season's just getting started. That's all we can do. All we can do at this point is just regroup or try to regroup. You say that now. Go get a win on Sunday. This is right. And everything is cool. When on Sunday, everything's cool. Lose on Sunday, we have a problem. We're gonna have serious problems on our hands because we might look at all four. Yep. So, can you imagine the bye week? If this if the team starts zero four, which <laughs> oh which, which 
by Monday morning, we'll have a more definitive answer of, of how that's going to go. Can you imagine just the chatter around town and just the the national disrespect we're going to get if we start 0-4? I don't need to imagine it because the thing is we've embarrassed ourselves so much over the last few years that what could they possibly say about us that they haven't already said? That's where I'm at when it comes to that stuff. So, Well, we thought the team was showing signs of life, life the last two years, so I'm hoping this doesn't – the floodgates don't open, if you know what I mean. Give you a record prediction of saying four and twelve or five and eleven like that. That cannot happen. No, can't cannot happen. That cannot happen. Look, I predict. I when we did the predictions last week, I didn't think we were going to win today on, on Sunday. So you guys are right. I, 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 I think, was being the homer. I admit it. I think we'll be fine. I don't but, think it's time to panic at all. Oh no, not time to panic. You better win Sunday though. <laughs> oh gosh. I Ooh. actually, I actually, while we're doing this podcast, I've been sitting here watching just the. Uh, NFL Game Pass replay of Colts Rams. The Rams do look like a good team, but the Colts are, are they're dreadful. The Colts are garbage. They're dreadful. The Colts shouldn't even know what team they lost to. That game doesn't count. Yeah. Two pick sixes and, and it could have easily been four pick sixes. He thought and, they and, he thought they lost to the 49ers. <laughs> oh my god. Pagano's going Pagano, Pagano's Pagano on his way out the, the door. The, yeah. But <laughs> he he's he has senioritis. He's out of here. Yeah. He, he's had enough. <laughs> yeah. That game I put nothing into that game versus the Colts. It was Scott Tolzien. So, no. They get no respect from me off that game. Um, I, but, obviously, we're going we're gonna to preview this game tomorrow. So Right, right, right. We we're we're going to be back on Thursday with a podcast pre- get, previewing uh, Redskins versus Rams. So, well, yeah, we'll talk about that then. It'll be a little more uplifting. Right, yeah. Not as be. down as now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's all I have for you guys tonight. Thank you so much for being with us once again. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 50GutBlog at Facebook.com backslash 50Gut. Guys, come to find you on social media. At YoungHalf underscore 21. Keep the faith, nation. It's not over. Still early. No panic. No at ClipGloss. And whatever, man. I've seen what, what, what could possibly happen. That's me worst of you experiences fans this team the last 10 years so it's hard for me to get too down I've seen what I've seen what, I think the sad thing is regardless of what happens with our team we've always seen worse absolutely <laughs> uh, I'm about to go take a Xanax and go to sleep you ain't <laughs> good night folks take a shot of Hennessy <laughs> good night. all right